The morning after, the movies. But I hope you leave enough room for my fist because I'm going to ram it into your stomach and break your goddamn spine! Ah! Uncensored, spoiler-filled movie reviews and fun only available at xrock.com. My mom says to kick you in the back of the head. Movie time. Hey, buddy, ever heard of a lie? Hey, have you ever been dragged to the sidewalk and being until you... Pissed! Blood! Starts now. I'm gonna take you to the bank, Senator Trent. To the blood bank. Morning after the movies, another episode, episode eight this time. It's King Arthur and the Legend of the Sword is the uh, full title, correct? I'm getting that right? Uh, yes. Okay, just wanted to make sure. Uh, it is Nick, uh, Big J, and why don't you introduce our special guest? You should. Uh, yeah, our special guest is my oldest daughter, uh, Maddie. Hi. Welcome. Welcome, Maddie, to Morning After the Movies. Uh, you see movies with your father all the time, I imagine, right? Yeah, if they're good movies, I'll go and see them. <laughs> what is the what is the prerequisite for you seeing a movie in the theater? Um, if like the trailer's interesting or there's hot actors. Hot actors, okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and what was it this time around? Hot actors or uh, the trailer was interesting? Um, I actually just really like King, King Arthur tales. So, oh. um, medieval stuff. Yeah. She likes the medieval. Who can blame her? Uh, have you watched Game of Thrones? Oh, yeah. Did you try yeah. to talk your parents into watching Game of Thrones before they uh, got into it? I actually watched it with them. Oh, so that was your first time around, too? Yeah. Okay. She, she hasn't seen all of them, though. Oh, you I canceled the HBO. Well, you just you didn't, you, you didn't watch fast enough. <laughs> How far along we, are you? We did it like, in three weeks. Where were you? Season two. I was in school. Okay. But everybody recognized Littlefinger from, uh, from yes, Game of Thrones. Yes. Oh, yeah. Okay, good. So we can make Littlefinger references. But we'll, Plus, uh, there, was a, there was another one in there. Who did I miss? Uh, you missed uh, the sergeant, who was um, uh, he was uh, he was the lord of. Uh, I'm trying to think of, of the. Uh, gosh dang it! Now I can't remember his name. Uh, Which sergeant though? Ray, when he when he came in, well, I'm going to ruin the thing. I'll, I'll look up his name and you'll know who I'm talking about. Okay. He was Ramsey's father. See, Full father. The same problem that I have with Game of Thrones, I have with this movie. Uh, I can't remember anybody's damn name. I don't. They, it all bleeds. To, I remember King Arthur, but I couldn't tell you any other character's name. Oh, unfortunately, yeah, 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 their name. Yeah, yeah. You don't know. I was like, "Where's Merlin?" <laughs> Merlin, I know, but Merlin just showed up kind of for half a second. The rest of them, I have no idea. Like, what is Jude Law's name in this movie? Starts with a V. The nephew? <laughs> Vortimer or something? Uncle. That's all I know. Uh, Vortigrin. I know Arthur. Uh, I don't know Damon Hushku's name in this particular movie. Does anybody remember that? Yeah. Uh, Beldevere? Bedivere? Something like that. Okay. It starts with a B. We've gotten that far. Uh, I don't remember any of his other friends' names. I know that they called the boy blue because I remember that. It's one syllable. Easy to remember. Uh, the rest of them I'm all lost on. I don't know any of the uh, the uh, Jude Law's characters, people's names, any of that stuff. I don't even know what was the uh, the mage's name, the woman's name. I don't know, mage. <laughs> yeah, mage. Mage, that's all we know. Uh, I have Lusty a hard time. mage. It's, it's something about medieval tales. I have a hard time with the names resonating It's because the me. names are weird. You know, they don't make any sense. There's no Johns or Marks that I can remember in these movies. Uh, his, his name in the movie was uh, uh, Jack's Eye, but it's Michael McHilton. McHilton. And he was Ramsey's dad? Yeah, he was the the Bolton guy. Okay, I don't I don't remember. I barely remember him in the Game of he Thrones. Was Bruce Bolton, really? I, I mean, I remember him, but I, I don't. Rem- I certainly didn't recognize him in the movie. That's so, for, for the sure. record, there's two of them. There you go. Uh, it is the King Arthur Legend of the Sword podcast. We are here to talk a little bit about it. Before we get into the full on spoilers of it, we'd like to go around the table a little bit and talk about what we thought about the movie. But because it, it's kind of a short 
uh, podcast with just Jay and, and I and Maddie, we kind of wanted to get into the films of Guy Ritchie because he is who directed this particular movie. And he has got about eight other films under his belt. Uh, thanks to you, I saw Man of Uncle this weekend. Thank you very much. Yeah. Uh, and now I've realized I've seen every Guy Ritchie movie that's out there, even Swept Away I saw. You saw Star as well? Uh, I don't know. Star's a short film. I don't really count that okay. among his, his, uh, his feature films that he has released. I'm talking about like something that got a theatrical release. It started with uh, Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels back in the day yep. and gone all the way through uh, King Arthur here, Legend of the Sword. Uh, but where, because unlike, I think, The Man from Uncle, this felt like a Guy Ritchie film. Like, The Man from Uncle didn't have a whole lot of Guy Ritchie-esque stuff oh, in I it. Oh, I completely disagree. Like, where? 100%. Where did I miss? Uh, in, 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 in the storytelling, first of all, and, and in particular, uh, the way he, j- just the, the quick style in which he uh, films and cuts things, and, and just in general, uh, the art of the, the he's just so different when it comes to telling a story. And if you remember in The Man from Uncle, there was those those cutaway scenes where there was different, you know, different screen. I mean, it's hard to explain unless you've seen the movie, but uh, I I, really, I very felt like that was a, a Guy Ritchie film. There was for a sure. few. I'll give you that. There were a few cutaways where multiple things were going on at once. Absolutely, but I felt like this movie featured a little bit more of that. There's a lot oh, of backstory, uh, yes, I would agree, yes. kind of stuff, and that that's why I felt a little bit more Guy Ritchie esque to me. But like, what would you rank as your favorite Guy Ritchie film? Uh, I would have to say that, um, I mean, it's, it's a toss-up between Snatch and, and Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels. Um, it's tough because I think he really, uh, you know, when Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels came out, it was so great because it was different, and we were kind of yearning for the next Tarantino, mm-hmm. uh, and he certainly had fit that bill, but Snatch really, uh, I thought, uh, he, he kind of... Um, he made what he did in Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels better and a little more appealing for, I think, a mass audience. Um, but uh, So I would definitely say it. I mean, I think I'd have to go Snatch. Yeah, Snatch was my number one, too. But I think, you know, you're right. We're, we, we really focus on filmmakers sometimes, where Tarantino, I feel like, is a dialogue guy. Guy Ritchie, very much a visual storyteller. As much, I think he writes a good movie, too. But I think visually, he kind of has this whole style down that he does. And I think he does it really well, and I like it very much. I think it's safe to say, for me at least, uh, when I think of a Guy Ritchie movie, I think sexy. It's just, I don't know what it is about it, but it's just, it's cool. It's just a cool movie. Anytime you watch a Guy Ritchie movie, to me, uh, you sit down, it's cool. Like, there's something cool is going to happen, and it just... um, I really enjoy it. I mean, I, I, I really enjoy it. I don't know. What about you, Maddie? You've seen the Sherlock Holmes movies. You saw The Man from Uncle. Yeah, that was a while ago, and I kind of was told about the whole ranking thing on the way over. <laughs> that so. sounds about right. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, The Man from <laughs> Uncle was one of my top movies that we've seen in the past couple years because it was just so interesting. And Did you like the Sherlock Holmes movies? Like, are you familiar with Guy Ritchie and what he does and how he does it, that kind of thing? No idea. I just yeah. remember... Um, the actors yeah from it's, it's strange Holmes. sometimes the way uh, directors resonate with some people and others they don't like they don't know who directs anything or or any of that stuff not that's a bad thing it's just uh it, it certainly is one of those things where you have to be a fan i think of the director to notice the style and make it stick out a, a little bit more but let's go around the table a little bit and talk about uh what we thought about king arthur legend of the sword considering uh where we uh where we what we're doing and let's talk a little bit about maybe where it ranks among your favorites jay what do you think uh, yeah, you know, I think uh, from the get-out, um, uh, it was a very long opening credit scene uh, where it was kind of different than normal. And, and at first, I think I was kind of hesitant to get into the whole thing. And then, it, and then it just started to kind of move. 
and uh, and then I was I was really enjoying watching the movie. I just thought it was it was a lot of fun. Charlie uh, Hunnaman is great. I mean, I love that dude, and I think he's a great actor. And, and uh, Jude Law is fantastic. So uh, I was really enjoying it. And even though you know, besides the fact that I really love Game of Thrones, I'm not the biggest uh, fantasy kind of guy. So a lot of that stuff and the sorcery and stuff, I, I don't really get into that. Um, but uh, there was some stuff in here I thought that was it was really cool. And of course, you know, you've got that imaginative. Uh, way of telling a story, of going back and forth. I think the way that um, that he built up that whole uh, backstory of you know what happened to Arthur when he was a kid and growing up was really really cool and well done. And you know it happened fast. It didn't take a whole movie to see what he was doing. Um, they spent that other part doing other things. Yeah. And uh, Maddie, before we get into any kind of spoiler territory, your general thoughts on on King Arthur. What did you think? Uh, I really liked it. I liked the way that they kind of. Uh, showed Arthur in a different light because usually he's like oh my god I'm like the greatest king ever but this is like he had an upbringing that was kind of in the slums and that was pretty cool yeah yeah I I agree with you I mean I think when you think of King Arthur you you usually fast forward in your mind I think past the sword and the stone right away you think of the Knights of the Round Table and Sir Lancelot and Guinevere and and all that stuff that we kind of knew about growing up and this is all kind of pre that so you get to see it and it's a different take and that's why I felt like it was really way more of a Guy Ritchie movie than it was a King Arthur movie, if that makes sense. It was more about King Arthur and his pals and their upbringing and their gang that they created that way and they're chumming around and then that slowly develops into, oh, by the way, there's a little bit more to it. But uh, maybe I'm wrong. This very much felt like a superhero movie to me almost. You know what I mean? Uh, not that it's a bad thing, but it felt like there was a, it was the telling of the origin of a superhero because that sword can do some pretty amazing things, all things considered. Yeah, definitely. You're, you're absolutely right. I mean, it seemed like there was more to tell after. Like right. He was like, I'd like to come back and, and do more with this character and this sort of stuff. So you're right. You're absolutely right. I didn't think about it that way. When you lay it out like that, uh, it makes you really think of some of the beginning stuff for Guy Ritchie with, with Locks talking to you, Smoking Bear. I mean, that's what those movies were about, his friends and mm-hmm. Tom and all those guys. And, you know, that you're absolutely 100% right on that. Yeah, and I didn't know what to expect going in because I, I, I mean, I like Guy Ritchie movies a lot, but I was like, oh, man, this is his take on King Arthur, and I don't know if I'm going to dig it or not, but uh, I really did. I liked it a lot. And you're right, dude. Charlie knocks it out of the park. I mean, I don't know if you watched Sons of Anarchy, uh, but I was a little bit late to the table on that and watched it all through and really liked it. And his, you know, and this is, he's in this little bit more natural environment. He doesn't have to try to pull off an American accent, which sometimes I felt like he failed at a little bit in Sons of Anarchy. But when he doesn't have to do that and he can just focus on being a leading man, dude, he is spot on. He's really, really good in this movie. And I thought they did a really good job of telling the story and telling it in a different way that you hadn't seen it before. So uh, the bad news is... Uh, nobody cared about it. You know, the box office returns are not good for, for King Arthur. It took $185 million to make this movie, and it's going to clear about $14 million this weekend. And they originally wanted to set this thing up as a trilogy. Uh, Guy Ritchie was attached to direct three movies, but unless this somehow makes a ridiculous amount of money overseas, I can't see that happening. Yeah, that's kind of weird to me, because you think with all the Game of Thrones uh, fans out there that they would really want to get into something like this. And and I just think it was you know bad timing, but you know a lot of the critics, man... They're hard on Guy Ritchie for some reason, and I don't get it. Well, I the don't critics, understand. the critical response has actually been really good. Like the reviews for this movie are better than a lot of people thought. But you're right; they usually give him a hard time. Really, because I've seen some that haven't been that that fond of it. I, you, you know, know, I tend to look at Rotten Tomatoes, which is basically 
kind of well, no, it's all it is is a website that that collects reviews from all over the country and averages them together. Yeah, a bunch of snooty wannabe critics. But it's it's at, it's at seven and a half. I mean, it's it's pretty good. It's right around what Man from Uncle got, and Man from Uncle made a pretty good amount of money at the box office. So much so that they're talking sequel for that. But this one, there was supposed to be the beginning of the King Arthur trilogy, and I'm not sure we're going to get there. And but that being said, it may have been kind of like me, where you saw the previews and you're like. All right, King Arthur, whatever. I've been there, done that. But this, I think, is a refreshing take that's actually really well done, and I think you'll walk away uh, pretty damn impressed if you go check it out. That's what I think, anyway. Uh, so we like to go around the table and kind of talk a little bit about the ratings for the movie. It's our so, sort of Rotten Tomatoes, Maddie. We go mild, medium, or hot in honor of Wing Nuts. This is where we are, by the way. 1228 North Gallery of Boulevard. She wings. Uh, she does love wings. <laughs> She's going to get some. And so uh, we try to do mild, medium, hot for the ratings based on the sauces they have here at Wing Nuts. So, Jay, mild, medium, or hot on King uh, I'm going to go hot. Yep. I'm going to go hot. Yeah. Uh, and, Maddie, your thoughts on it? Oh, hot for sure. Yeah, I'm going to go hot too. So I really, really liked it. I was kind of going in thinking I was going to give it a medium, I thought. But uh, I really, really liked this movie and laughed more than I thought I was going to laugh and and enjoyed it. So if you get an opportunity uh, and you've seen Guardians of the Galaxy already, go check out King Arthur. I think you're going to be pleasantly surprised by it. So now as we hang out here at Wing Nuts and enjoy some drinks and wings, we can talk a little bit about the spoilers for the movie. So uh, if you have not seen King Arthur yet and you want to, you may want to stop listening to the podcast, but if you have, you can continue forth and we can talk about some of the specific things we really liked and didn't like. Big J, anything you want to spoil? Uh, let's see. Well, well, you know, at, at the end, I think uh, with the, um, you know, the, the fight between Jude Law's character and, and Arthur, uh, you know, using the... I'm not sure that was one of my favorite kind of fight scenes. You know, it was all magic and, mm-hmm. you know, I didn't quite like quite that. But as far as spoilers go on this, I don't know if there's... We know the story. We know how it ends. <laughs> right. You know, there's not a whole lot of spoilers in here. I mean, there's a lot of cool... Just the, the things that Guy Ritchie does, uh, the, the mixing of the music and the pacing that ha- has to go with it. I mean, he's definitely a musical guy. And, and you can get that when, you know, you, you, the beats are matching towards the cuts and, and those sort of things uh, throughout the movie. And like I said, one of my favorite parts was, uh, you know, him growing up as a kid and, and, you know, that whole thing. That scene is fantastic where he basically goes from a kid to a teenager to Charlie Hunnam in like three minutes. It's amazing. It's yeah. amazing. Yeah, it's really cool. Uh, I'd also have to say one of my favorite scenes in this movie uh, it just because it was an ode to the old Kung Fu movies, was when they were in that part in Londinium, uh, and uh, they just tried to assassinate the king, and they're in that, that square area where he grew up with the, uh, the Kung Fu guy, and all the guys come rushing through the door. I mean, that's old-school Kung Fu movie. <laughs> I mean, it just was kind of like a homage that he did to it. Um, and, and I thought that the characters mixed really well. The mage was very interesting. Obviously, there was, you know... It's kind of surprising you didn't want to spend a lot of time making any some romantic overtures. You know, there was a couple jokes here and there with uh, him flirting with the, the mage chick, but, you know, kind of stayed away from that, stayed on task for what the, the whole mission was and his reluctance to be a part of uh, the whole thing and trying to take over the king and, and save, the, save England uh, was really interesting to me. I didn't really expect that. Uh, and another thing that I thought was really, really cool, and I don't know if people will notice or not, but uh, just the way he would drag the sword... Like when he, we yeah. got to the end, I yeah. mean that was just it was badass. It was it was badass. Yeah, and that's that's kind of what made me like this movie more than others was. Uh, there's nothing too crazily unpredictable about the movie. Like you knew that King Arthur was going to have some reluctance as to whether or not he wanted to lead this people the resistance against the the current king that's doing such bad things. But I just think like you knew 
that, uh, that that these things were going to happen, but I thought they did it in a pretty unique way and told the story in a different way, or at least made it come out a different way, whereas, you know, you can tell that there's some sort of resistance there, but, you know, he has to battle that inside, and you get to see all the things that the king actually is doing to the people around him and what he has done and why that really affects him, whereas if it wasn't on screen and they just kind of told you it, it probably wouldn't resonate as much, at least to me, why there would be such an inner conflict, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, but a couple of things that I wanted to talk about more were towards the end of the movie that I started to get confused with. Number one was the super gigantic snake that destroyed the castle. Oh, yeah, yeah. Is that a, that, was that a real thing? I don't know. That was kind of weird. No. It wasn't? No. I don't think so. Because <laughs> how did everybody die then? Yeah, yeah. Because you see it slithering away at the end, too. I get the venom thing. Like, that was to protect him from that gigantic snake. But it was it a real thing or, like, some sort of mythical magic monster it yeah, lost me was, there for a uh, second that was kind of a hole i think in the, the ending plot. you never know with mages yeah i suppose <laughs> it's some sort of spell the ever wondering sorcerers and then the second thing was in that final battle scene where he was on the ground did it basically get a do-over is that what happened the sword gave him a that's do-over to I fight thought. him again that's right? what i thought yeah yeah or his really his final acceptance into seeing what uh what happened to his father right so uh, that gave him the do-over. But it was clearly a, a do-over, yeah. right? Because Jude Law's character didn't did the exact same moves as the first time. So he obviously didn't think the first fight yeah. happened, right? Mm-hmm. So it took him back in time, basically, and let him fight. Oh, him. I didn't notice that. Well, yeah, because you remember it, it replayed in his head the fight so that he could remember what Jude Law did so that he knew how to counter it every time he fought him oh, the second man, time Oh, man, I must around. have totally missed that. Yeah, there was one of those Guy Ritchie fast cuts where he replayed it all in his head again. I mean, I remember the, the character, Jude Law's character, at the, at the altar thing again. Yeah. And he did the same oh. fireball at the beginning, and then he started out with the same moves. And then I, it was King all Arthur. sorcery to me. But <laughs> no, now you think about it, then he must have. It so must have. I was just I was just confused if 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 it was an honest to goodness back in time do over, or if there was something else involved there. But then you know what? You're right, Maddie. I mean, with magic, who the hell knows anymore? Uh, anything in the spoiler territory that you wanted to get into? Um, I, there's not really much to spoil, as you said. I mean. Arthur wins. <laughs> Big spoilers. But um, I did really like how a lot of the fight scenes, when they were really fast, it reminded me a lot of uh, video game cutscene fight scenes. And I'm a big video game kid, so that was, I really felt like that was really cool. So in the, uh, in the uh, line of Guy Ritchie movies, where do you rank King Arthur? Does it crack your top five? Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I, I liked it better. Well, it's, that's tough because it has to sit with me for a little bit, but... Um, it's been a while since I've seen the Sherlock Holmes movies. Uh-huh. And, you know, while those were cool, um, they were certain, you know, I mean, they're Sherlock Holmes. Um, interesting enough, I would probably put Snatch number one. Um, I would put Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels two. I would put Man from Uncle three. Um, and then I think it would be a, a, a toss up right now between King Arthur and, and Sherlock Holmes. Yeah, so it's, it's in the upper echelon then. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I mean, it's just too. Much. It was fun. I mean, it was fun and cool. Right. I, 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 that's what I. That's the one word that comes up to my mind. It's cool. It's, it's very cool. It's way better than if you're even on the fence about this. It's way better than what you think it is. I mean, you know, you I, like I said, I could go in. I was going in kind of like, gosh, I hope I like it, but pretty lukewarm about the subject material because, as you guys said, we kind of know how it ends already going in. But he comes across and tells a story in a different way, and I feel bad a little bit for Charlie Hunnam because. Uh, you know, he's going to catch a lot of crap because this movie's not going to do that well. But uh, I hope he becomes a movie star because this dude can carry a film. He's very charismatic and he's a very good actor, very underrated as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I wonder how it'll do, uh, you know, foreign, yeah. uh, in the foreign markets because, uh, but, but I mean, right now, you know, 
Guardians of the Galaxy is a steamroller. Yeah. And, and trying to find a place to put this movie to release is difficult. And I wonder if it had just a regular kind of um, place uh, without having some tough competition if people would take notice. But, no, I don't think the trailers were super great. Um, I think that's part of the deal, and there wasn't a lot of marketing for the movie. Yeah, because I think I think if you watch the movie trailers, you start to think like King Arthur has this army of elephants that he storms the castle yeah, with, yeah. and you go, "That's dumb," and you should because it would be really dumb if King Arthur had an army of elephants. But right away, you, you're proven that that's not true. I mean, it's a completely different storyline and a completely different prequel to what actually goes on, and it kind of all makes sense in the story. So you're right. I mean, I think the marketing probably could have done a better job of showing how this movie is not just a bunch of CGI elephants battling, uh, you know, a bunch of a bunch of medieval people, because that would be kind of an offset and not really what the story's about. So, listen, uh, if you get an opportunity, go check out uh, King Arthur Legend of the Sword. I don't think you're going to be disappointed, and I think you should go see it in the theater. I think it's a cool movie to see on a big screen with a big surround sound. Absolutely. Any final thoughts you want to touch on from the podcast? Uh, no, I just think that, uh, yeah, I think uh, Guy Ritchie is, is somebody that, uh, you know, if you haven't spent a lot of time with his movies, you should go back and check him out because uh, he's definitely uh, a, very, uh, a very good director. You know, up next for him, he is attached to direct the Disney Aladdin movie, which yes. would be very interesting to see Guy Ritchie's take on uh, the live-action Disney's franchise that they have created. Uh, I thought it was interesting when it was told, and now that I've seen him do a couple of properties that weren't really his, I'm very interested to see on what he does with Will Smith and Aladdin, uh, to say the least. It's be weird, that's for sure. It weird. will be very weird. Maddie, any final thoughts you have for, uh, for the podcast? Um, no, I mean, King Arthur was great. You should go see it. There you, you go. Have to take <laughs> go check. Yes, Big J has yeah. to take selfies. That's the way That's an us. Uh, congratulations <laughs> to Guy Ritchie. He made a fantastic film. Guys, get an opportunity to check out King Arthur. Go. Uh, you're not going to be sorry. I- I'll put it in my top five as well for Guy Ritchie films easily. Because on the lower echelon of that list, don't forget, they're swept away. The Madonna movie that you never saw, which was terrible. Uh, I saw Revolver. That was the other one. I know I did, but I've I don't remember anything from it. I've never it. seen it. So it didn't resonate me. As much as I liked rock and roll, I still put put it on the bottom of the stuff that he's done. It's pretty serviceable. It's still got Gerard Butler. Yeah. Can't go wrong. And he looks good. Uh, so uh, if you want to check it out, you should. I think it's a very good Guy Ritchie movie, to be sure. Uh, special thanks to the good people here at Wingnuts for hosting the podcast once again and doing what they do. If you get an opportunity, we always go see our movies there at the, the Nampa 12 off of Garrity. And uh, Wingnuts is right across the way from that, 1228 North Galleria Boulevard. If you want to check them out, we recommend the quesadilla. Although, Big J, you're going wings this time around, right? Yeah, i gotta, I got to hang with my kid here. There you go. She's Wing it winger. up. Wing it up. Again, check out Wingnuts. We appreciate their support as well. Up next for us on the podcast side of things, we're still not sure how logistically we're going to get this done, but we want to go check out Alien Covenant while we're in Rock on the Range at some point, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. Hopefully we, we were going to ha- hopefully have Radke join us, but I don't know if it's going to happen I don't now. think it's going to happen now, but, uh, but we'll still have somebody take us. But the, the question is when. When are we going to go? Because the original plan was Thursday when we come in, but now we want to see Stone Sour, so it's going to be difficult to pull that off. Well, maybe afterwards, Corey will want to go to the movie. Maybe. Maybe we'll go see a movie with Corey Taylor. How cool would that be? Well, we'll make the invite at least. At the very least, we can. So uh, check us out next week. Thanks for going to xrock.com and listening to the podcast. It's Nick, Big J, and Maddie signing off here from Wingnuts. <laughs>